not lose anything. Does anybody else do that at all? I mean, sometimes you can't do that. I, I, I look down at the very end and I think, hmm, well, I guess I'll, I'll make the reservation because I got, you know, basically, I like it when it's like 24 hours is all you have to give to change your mind. I'd be like, we could have sick kids the night before and we're out nothing. That's awesome. Well, this morning we're looking at our father's commitment. And while I might, I'm actually, I'd probably even pay a little bit more to have flexibility. That's probably the stage I'm at. So if it's $75 and you're in, or $100 and you can change your mind up until 24 hours before, I'll probably pay $100 so that I can get my money back to have flexibility. When God makes a commitment to us, we can take it to the bank. He is, when he says yes, it means yes. When he says no, it means no. When he says he'll come through, he's going to come through. He's not really, like I can be a little bit, like to keep my options open sort of commitment. Uh, What about you? This morning, I hope that as we review this whole prayer, that you might be able to review God's commitment to us and think about God is making this commitment to me. Do I trust him enough to make a commitment to him? That's where I hope we end this morning. So that's the end of the sermon. Uh, we'll, We'll do the middle part now. Matthew 6 says this. This is what Jesus, when Jesus was asked by his disciples, teach us to pray. He says this, here's how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, and I've asked many questions about this passage throughout the preparation time earlier in this year and as we've given these messages. And one of my questions is this. When Jesus was asked to teach his disciples how to pray, why did he give such a short example? There's other places in scriptures where you can see very clearly that Jesus spent extended amounts of time alone praying, seeking God. Like in Luke 4.42, it says Jesus went out and made his way to a deserted place to pray. And in Luke 5.16, it says he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. And if you looked at Jesus' life, you would come away understanding, if you paid attention, that he had a high value on spending extended periods of time abiding with his Father in prayer. And I might say that one practical application you could make of this whole sermon series is to slowly, maybe take a half hour or an hour, to review this prayer that we can say in about a minute, but ask yourself some of the questions that I'll be referring to today. You could go back and listen to this sermon even and write them down to say, is this really where I'm at with you, Lord? Is this really where I'm at with you? That might be a practical application that you could extend this out, actually, into a longer meditation before God and really try to connect with 
God in a longer period of prayer. But when Jesus was asked, he gave him this prayer that we can say in like a minute. And, and actually, we've got it memorized by now, probably. If you've attended here even twice, you probably already know how to say this prayer. We can say it in a minute. I think part of why, uh, what I, why I think he gave us a short prayer, a couple of reasons is, you, you know, some, I, I've, had, I've had this experience um, when we're in like a group, like so let's just say a Bible study group, and someone is sort of trying that out, and they haven't been in one before, and we're, we're going around and like, hey, let's everybody pray. And there's some people that sometimes aren't comfortable with that because praying out loud is uncomfortable or praying with other people is uncomfortable or just praying in general other than sort of praying silently is sort of uncomfortable. This is a prayer that you can sort of get started with and just get you going. It's also something you can say in a moment. You can say a line of this in a breath. It, it doesn't take a lot of time, and it can be significant. It can be a significant way to encounter God. I think that's part of why Jesus gave a short prayer, is it doesn't have to be long. You don't have to pray a long time in order to really connect with the heart of God. It can be short. And maybe short prayers spoken frequently throughout our days would be a better way to stay connected with God. Maybe. You could take a phrase or two out of here as it applies to your day and just say that over and over. I'm not sure exactly why he gave such a short prayer, but I do know that these words have a lot of potential to lead us to intimacy with God. And that's been the big idea for this series, is that the Lord's Prayer is a pathway to intimacy with God. So I'm going to review, because all of what this prayer reveals, God is committed to. That's why we're calling this our Father's commitment. And at the end of the prayer, when that prayer ends with the word amen, which is really the focus of this message, what amen is communicating is you're saying, God's committed to this, may it be so in my life, or so be it in my life, or I sign my name to that too, I believe it as well. And I think we're invited to do that about in, in, in reference to how God reveals himself in this prayer. So our first part is, our Father in heaven, hallowed be, our, hallowed be your name. And that really is revealing that God has a daddy heart to us. So usually your kids, when they're younger, if you have them or when you have them or when you're around them, they call their dad daddy when they're really little. And it's really helpful for us to realize that our relationship to God is more like how a three-year-old relates to their daddy than how we think of ourselves now, like we kind of got some stuff together and stuff under our belt. It's a little closer to how it helps us to realize, and God's heart for us is closer to that. And so as you pray that part of the prayer, here's some questions that you can ask. Can I ask my daddy for anything? Last night, we uh, had supper a little bit later because we were, ate lunch a little bit later. And so we actually have all these apples that we put together in like apple crisp, like ready to go so it's not hard to make. Just thaw it out, make the crisp, and put it in the oven. When I say we, I mean my wife does. Um, and uh, so we were having apple crisp, and our youngest, three, our three-year-old, Coraline, it was close to her bedtime, like you know, 15 minutes from let's get ready for bed or 
let's get ready for bed now because it might take 15 minutes to get to that time. And she comes over and she wanted more dessert, you know, more ice cream, and we put the ice cream away and so, no, we can't have that. She was a little bit sad. So she came over to my lap and, and she has this habit of saying this is how she does things. Um, she's really people smart. Like she can read your face and your emotions and she knows how to use emotions. And that's going to be a gift and a challenge <laughs> to her and us. But she came over, and she was a little bit sad, and she said, um, um, Dad, can, can I say something? And when, usually when she says, can I say something, she really means, can I ask something? We can't keep trying to help her to say it. She's wanting to ask it, because it's always a question. And she says, um, um, can, you just, can you just play a little game with me? A little game or a short game, that's kind of her phrase. And so I looked at her, and I looked at the clock, and, and I thought, I think she has this little matching game with, like, ten matching things, little magnetic thing. I was like, we could probably get that done in, like, three and a half minutes. Yeah, you can get a game. And Andrea's little surprise is she was like, did you just say yes that she could play a game 15 minutes before bedtime? And I just said, yeah, it'll just, it'll be short. And we played the game. And uh, oftentimes, I would say most of the time, I probably would have said no in that instance. But it really was only three minutes, and she really wasn't to bed any later. And God wants us to feel free to ask for a little bit of game before bedtime. Or whatever else is on your heart. It might not always be a yes, but he wants, I delight that my little one can ask me for more ice cream when she wants it and isn't afraid to ask for it, even if often, after she's had some, the answer is no. Or at least sometimes it is, or even no to the game. But I love that she is comfortable enough being my little girl that she can ask. And God desires that same heart intimacy relationship with us. And so am I comfortable being a little boy or a little girl who needs my daddy, sometimes to hold his hand, sometimes for him to hold me. Or another way of asking, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, is what untruth might I be believing about daddy in heaven? What is it about his heart, his character, or his name that's a little fuzzy, that I'm not really embracing who he says he is? Secondly, our Father's kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, you rule over me. Where am I longing for your kingdom to come? Where am I opposed to your kingdom coming? Where are you inviting me to join you in your kingdom breaking in? And maybe more personally, have I invited you, Jesus, into every room in my heart? We looked at that little booklet, Your Heart, Christ's Home. Am I willing to sign over the deed of my life to him to be a living sacrifice, to have him fully rule, me be fully surrendered to him? Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father's provision, give us this day our daily bread. As you say that, as I say that, Remember, he's pleased to provide for us. He actually enjoys delighting us. It's kind of like that verse you shared, Terry. He delights in us. 
He really does. What do I need? What do I want? What do I fear God may not provide in my needs? Where do I continue to see right now? Where am I seeing his faithfulness? And maybe, am I or how am I trusting God to be the one who meets my physical, my spiritual, my emotional, my mental, my, all my needs? Is he, is he my provider? Give us this day our daily bread. Let, let us look to him. Our Father's forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This was the message I really most wanted to preach, and I was glad that I got to preach that message. Because forgiveness and anger, I think, in some ways is best understood in a debt understanding. When we're angry, usually what that means, whether that's like external you, everyone in, around me knows I'm angry, or it's underneath frustration that's really anger that I'm not letting out, usually why that's there is because in some way I am believing that you owe me and that you could be a lot of different people. And forgiveness is saying you don't owe me. I release you from that debt. The debts are cleared. And that's what God has done for us. He has cleared all of our debts. Am I living in that love and grace? And am I offering that same grace to others? Or am I holding on to any debts? Uh, This idea, which has been percolating for me for the last year about forgiveness and debt, has helped me because I have in general been able to accurately and honestly myself is often frustrated And understanding that is realizing that in some ways I'm thinking somebody owes me something. A better life, a better situation, better circumstances, whatever it is. And it's helpful for me to say, you know what? You don't. That person doesn't. This person doesn't. I don't need to tell them about it, but I just need to realize that I'm thinking that. And I'm more free because of it. Do I have any unforgiveness in my heart? Am I allowing bitterness to creep in anywhere? Maybe even have I allowed bitterness to make a home in my heart? Our Father's guidance do not lead us into temptation. God wants to be a good guide. He describes himself as the good shepherd. Is he the one we're going to for direction? Here's another application of that. Don't lead us into temptation. What's that really saying is, God, rescue me from my own evil inclination to go my own way. I'm tempted to go my own way. Don't lead me there. Lead me out of that. And also, thank you, good shepherd, for being near to me, even when I go where I ought not to in a place that's dangerous, as Psalm 23 says, a dark valley, that when I'm there, where is the good shepherd? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, for you are with me to lead me out of wherever I am that I ought not to be. A sheep should not be in a dark valley alone. Our Father's deliverance. Deliver us from the evil one. There's a lot of ways that we need deliverance. Here's one that I can think of. What am I anxious about? What am I anxious about? Where am I, where am I insecure? If I am, I might be believing 
something that's not true about God and something that's more true about evil or the possibility of something bad happening. Here's a side note on anxiety. I have, this is a little self-disclosure here, I have discovered in recent months that for most of my adult life, I carry around a moderate to high level of anxiety. Now, I have told you publicly that I am not a worrier. And I actually still sort of believe that. <laughs> but I realize that there's an um, anxiety that I picked up in my young adult life that I've sort of carried along with me. And I've learned to sort of like, that's just normal. And when it's just normal, you just learn to live with it. And you might not even recognize that you have it. Like, I haven't really recognized. Probably related to some of my frustration. And so... Part of that is because I have to learn to believe some truths where I've believed lies. Long time ago, where a lie that I believed and held on to has had a lingering long-term impact that has caused me to uh, not really trust in my father's ability to deliver me. And I didn't do that myself. I had a good counselor that helped me figure that out. Partly other close friends who are giving me counsel, my wife, conversations I've had with her are helping me to see lies of the evil one that have become embedded in my thinking and relearning or remembering or reapplying truths that I do sort of believe but just aren't impacting every part of my life. Where today do you feel that your safety is under attack? Father, deliver me from the evil one. He's our deliverer. Is my faith, this is a good one for me to ask, is my faith in my heavenly daddy who commands armies of angels to watch over his children? Is that who my faith is in? I really appreciated the story you shared, David, and Tom's message reminder that there are armies of angels that God commands to deliver us. There's lots of ways he can deliver us. That's one of the ways he can deliver us. Is my faith in that God, the army ordering God? And lastly, our Father's glory. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Last week, I shared a little bit about how, in some ways, we're all hungry for glory. And we'll never have that hunger satisfied unless we find it in God. Am I satisfied in God's glory or my own? And do I see the glory in things that I might not consider glorious, like living a fully surrendered life to Jesus? There's glory in that. How does my life point to my daddy in heaven as the source of authority, power, beauty, and goodness? Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Now, guys, <clears throat> he's our daddy. He's our king. He's our provider. He's our forgiver. He's our guide. He's our deliverer. He's the source of glory that can really satisfy our souls. And he's committed to always being that. He never changes. So the question is, is, can you and I say amen? Amen. Let's try it. One, two, three. Amen. What you're saying is, so be it. Hebrew, I think the right way to say it is amen. It's usually in the Old Testament. It's used at the end of a statement. And it says, it's, it's, it's put there as an expression of acceptance agreement, or endorsement, okay? So what you're doing when you say amen 
is I accept that, I agree with that, and I personally endorse it. When Jesus says it, he's not just giving an opinion like this is a good idea. He's making his expressions from intimate, personal, first-hand knowledge with the Father. I like, to, I like the phrase, it's not in our, in our tradition, in our church, but other church traditions, if a preacher is sensing he wants to get the congregation's agreement, he might use the phrase, can I get a witness? And then you say amen really loud. That Jesus is a witness, like firsthand witness. Can I get a witness, Jesus says, to what I know personally? Can you agree to it? So are you in? Or are you out? Amen? Amen. Do I agree to all that is above, that all that came before, to all that God is saying he's committed to being to me? Am I, do I trust in God's commitment? Here's the real question. Do I trust in God's commitment enough to me to make my own commitment to him? To say, may it be so, God. May you be like that to me. I could not help but sing, think of a song that I, when I was a boy, uh, my dad was, he worked in radio and television when he was in the Air Force, and uh, he got involved in helping Christian radio come to the Grand Forks area way back in, a long time ago, um, the late 80s and early 90s. And his favorite a musician, which had become one of my favorite at the time, at the time it was his favorite, one of my favorites is Rich Mullins, and there's a, a song uh, with a really long title, uh, that's, I think I have the title, All Right, Okay, Uh-Huh, Amen. That's what that says if you're trying to read it. All right, okay, uh-huh, amen. And here's the lyrics. It says, well, the Lord said, let man choose, and man did. Well, there's been sorrow and trouble in the world ever since, but there's hope for us still. In the word of God, it says, if we just be smart enough to say yes, smart enough to say yes to him, all right, okay, uh-huh, amen. Say it again. As it was in the beginning, it will be until the end. Let's say it. All right, okay, uh-huh, amen. You can argue with your maker, but you know that you just can't win. So say it. All right, okay, uh-huh, amen. You can argue with your maker or know the joy of saying yes to him. Let me hear you say it. All right, okay, uh-huh, amen. We're not going to sing that song because it's a little hard to follow, actually. He's a great songwriter, but his songs aren't always easily to sing along with. But we are going to sing a song at the end that expresses something similar. It says, it's the song, Yes, I Will. And uh, I'm going to invite the band to come on and get, up, get set up. Um, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer one more time all together here. But I do want you to invite you to come back next week. It really is going to be a party on Palm Sunday uh, as we celebrate uh, and remember Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem on Holy Week as he was headed to the cross. The crowd celebrated. We're going to celebrate as well new life. We're going to celebrate um, parents' commitments to raise their kids to follow Christ. We're going to celebrate some Believers putting their faith in Christ and wanting to express a desire, saying yes to Jesus, to follow him in baptism. That's a step of discipleship. And on Easter Sunday, we're actually going to start a brand new series called Bless. And you're not going to want to miss 
any of those five Sundays if you can possibly not miss them, six actually. Um, or you're going to want to catch up on those messages. I know that many of you here at our church would have a heart, do have a heart, not only to receive blessing from God, but to give it to other people. And what we're going to be looking at in this series is inspired by a book entitled Bless. We'll mention it in the title if you want to grab it. It's a quick read. It's an easy read. But it's going to be a very practical series to help you do some things you probably have wanted to do and maybe do want to do to help bless other people. So here are the sermon titles. Begin with prayer, listen to your neighbors, eat with them, serve them, and share your story. Really practical ways to bless other people. You and I, if you're in Christ, have been blessed to be a blessing, to bless other people. And on Easter, when we think about how we've been blessed, we're going to start a series about how not only we can experience God's blessing, but how we can pass it on. And we'll do that series um, April and May. So I hope that you'll come back for that. Let's stand for closing prayer. We're going to say uh, the Lord's Prayer together, and then we'll sing this song, Yes, I Will. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.